The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to Ellen Hazen, our guest for the half hour. Ellen is uh, the chief market strategist at FL Putnam Investment Management. She joins from Wellesley, Massachusetts. Ellen, thanks for being with us. We're just getting started in the earnings season. Yesterday, a couple of positive surprises. I would put Netflix very much on that list along with United Airlines. More of a mixed bag today after the bell. How do you think we're going to look when we kind of check in on overall third quarter results? Thanks for having me. As we look at third quarter results, we think there are going to be more misses than the market is currently expecting. And we also think that companies are going to guide down as we go forward. Um, If you look at GDP for this year, it keeps getting revised downward, and it's really hard for companies to keep growing their earnings in the face of that. On top of that, with higher inflation and also with negative operating leverage, I think a lot of companies are going to have trouble meeting Uh, first of all, the top line, and second of all, the bottom line. So despite the positive numbers that we saw out of a couple companies, I think that uh, in general we're going to see more misses uh, than we have in recent quarters. So, so looking at all that, does that uh, you know look at this, the forecast will of course be the most important thing. Uh, but do do these uh, forecasts perhaps also presage a recession in your view? It's hard to know if there's going to be a recession or not, but certainly a lot of the warning signs are there, uh, particularly the inverted yield curve and the fact that the leading economic indicator index has slipped negative here in the U.S. So it does look much more likely than it did, say, three or five months ago that we will have a recession here in the U.S. Uh, The key thing that's different, though, and I think this has been talked over, but it's still important to mention is the U.S. labor market remains very strong, and we haven't seen a recession with the labor market this strong in prior years. And so we're in a little bit of uncharted territory from an economist standpoint in terms of predicting whether or not a recession will happen given the strong labor market. So you mentioned the inflationary pressures there, and I'm going to go right to the margin issues. Do you expect a lot more in terms of margin compression? Yes, we do. We think right now uh, most consensus estimates are looking for positive operating leverage, and I just don't think that that's likely to happen. Um, And it it goes across different sectors. Um, And so we look at rising everything, right? Some things are beginning to come in, but the year-over-year comparisons are, are still higher. Even if gas is a little bit lower than it was last month, it's still a lot higher than it was a year ago. So 
we are going to see negative operating leverage in a lot of companies. Uh, Ellen, what are you at the moment looking at in terms of, A, the economy, and how does that inform you as to where you're putting your money right now? And uh, I'm assuming you're perhaps shying away from some of these, uh, these growth stocks, but again, they've been beaten down more than others. Well, we're looking for the economy to continue slowing into next year. I think economists have taken their estimates down from uh, 1.7% growth this year to only half a percent growth next year, and we could even go negative next year. So we're certainly expecting a slowdown. And so what do you buy in a case like that? Uh, The first thing is we are underweight equities in this market because we do see continuing deterioration in the economic fundamentals. So we still do own equities, but we're underweight versus um, client long-term benchmarks. So that's the first thing. The next thing is we look for companies that are pretty inexpensive. A lot of companies have been beaten down. And particularly, we're looking for those that have high-quality, close-in cash flows. Um, so we're looking at a lot of healthcare names. You can see a lot of the pharmaceutical companies here in the U.S. trading at single-digit multiples, and they still have 25 3% yield. Um, we're looking at a company like CVS the healthcare insurance and retail companies trading at 10 times earnings and you still get earnings growth in uh, 8 to 10%. So you get paid to wait with that one with a 2.5% yield too. So there are names that you can find, but you want to find companies that are generating free cash flow now uh, and that have been really beaten up along with everything else. I think with rising real interest rates, because we're having synchronized global central bank tightening, those high flyers of yesterday in terms of growth stocks that have come down a lot but they didn't have a lot of cash flows, I think those are not the place to be. I think it might look tempting because they've come down a lot. You look at where they were, but those cash flows are just worth a lot less than they, than they were before with higher real rates. So the market's already expecting a peak in Fed funds uh, of around 5%. So maybe they get a little bit more uh, tight beyond that. But let's say 5%, we can agree on that as the terminal rate. Wouldn't it make sense then to begin to look at fixed income more than equity? Absolutely. And uh, for the first time in years, we're finding attractively priced uh, high-quality corporate bonds and even treasury bonds for our clients. And so this higher rate environment is positive for fixed income. Uh, And so we are putting some of the cash that we have to work uh, buying bonds. But at the same time, you need to be careful because your upside is, is capped with bonds. And so you want to be really selective about which corporate bonds you buy. You want to make sure you're really high quality because if you get it wrong, you can give up a lot of performance that way. Uh, give me some names that you like and uh, the ones that you don't. What have you been cutting and what have you been buying, in other words? Uh, so on the equity side, as I said, we are looking at a lot of the um, we are looking at a lot of the healthcare names and other high quality names like Kroger. Same thing, right? Ten times earnings. They're going to have a lot of accretion from the Albertsons deal. On the bond side, we're we're really cutting back on some of the corporates and redeploying that money into treasuries. So. Uh, we're, we're seeing some high-quality corporate names tra- trade at uh, very tight spreads, and so we've been we've been cutting back on those. We still think Treasury inflation-protected securities make sense to own here. 
um, and, and conventional treasuries as well. So we've been speaking a lot, whether it's equity or credit on uh, the U.S. domestic side. Are you looking at opportunities offshore? I'm curious about that. I know the dollar has been very strong, but if we're already be beginning to question uh, the durability of higher rates and maybe looking at a Fed pivot in the near term, and I say that maybe uh, six months from now or so, maybe less, are you looking at opportunities offshore? We are always looking at opportunities offshore because if you simply look at the valuation discrepancy between the multiple that the U.S. is trading at on the stock side and multiple that European countries or Japan are trading at or other countries, it's, it's a big gap, right? And that gap has, has not narrowed at all. Now, you could have made this argument five years ago, uh, and you, you would have got your head handed to you because the gap didn't shrink. But at some point, Right at some point, when you get reaccelerating economies that are growing faster than the U.S., that gap may narrow, and so the opportunity is there. But getting the timing is really tricky. And as I say, it's, it's been a wide gap for a long time. And until we see more evidence that the dollar is beginning to weaken, uh, we're not willing to take that bet. Ellen. Real pleasure having you on the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Ellen Hazen there. She's a chief market strategist at FL Putnam Investment Management, getting her take uh, on the market. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.